Mr. Pop. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to pair Jamar Chase and Jerry Rice as your two wide receivers in fantasy football? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to start Barry Sanders and Patrick Mahomes in your fantasy football lineup? Then this is the place for you. Encore Fantasy, the only place where the fantasy stars of today face off against the legends of yesterday. There are a lot of fantasy games out there that do simulations. Encore Fantasy is taking actual games from these players' past. It's not simulating them. It's not a guess. You're actually getting a Fred Bolitnikoff game, not what Fred Bolitnikoff might have done at some point. Whether you are new to fantasy football or a better know game, we have something for you. This is the Encore Fantasy Podcast. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Encore Fantasy Games podcast. I am, well, normally your co-host with Ben Stecker, Michael Nisho, but joining us today is a special guest, our other co-founder, Willie Marks, who joins the podcast for the first time in January. Finally, we're happy to have you on, Willie. A big Rams fan, big Cardinals fan, so we start talking about baseball. We'll be super into that. But Willie, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to finally get you on here. Thank you, Michael. It's, uh, it's fun to be on, fun to talk to you in this kind of setting. I'm sorry to let down all the listeners that... I'm not nearly as entertaining as Ben, and he'll, he will uh, be the first to tell you that as well. Me be arrogant. It's out of character for me. Well, you know, we've just had so much social media chatter being like, where's Willie on the podcast? So glad to finally like make our fans happy while Ben gallivants across Spain and plays golf at Valderrama, which is what he's doing right now. Oh! And breaking 100, apparently. So good for him. I am what could be called a golf supervillain. Wow. Good for him. Breaking his responsibilities. You know, you'd think that uh, he'd never miss an episode, but I guess sometimes... Life really does get in the way. Which is fantastic. Well, I guess when you get a chance to play a former Ryder Cup course in Europe, it makes sense to go for that, I suppose. In your face. Yeah. You know, I didn't see his uh, request for PTO. So I don't know. We'll just have to <laughs> go back and revisit that for next time. Check ass. This is, oh, he's, when he comes back straight to HR, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Good call. Man, he's got a tough meeting waiting for him when he comes back. Sad face, Ben. Well, I hope you enjoy Spain. Anyways, we are here. It is super wild card weekend is over. Over in the NFL, we have some regular football to talk about. We have some encore to talk about because our league is still going on. The great thing is with our game is you can pick active players who are still in the playoffs, many of whom are players who push people to their fantasy championships this year because they're so good. Like, I don't know, Josh Allen, for example. And you can also grab some legendary players to fill out your roster and you can, st you can still play daily fantasy sports, daily fantasy football every week, which is fun. And we will get into that. Um, Willie, how did your... we Ben and I talked throughout the season, obviously, about our fantasy teams and you're in a in a league with us uh do you is there anything you want to say about your your fantasy season i think frustration is probably the main word for it for you i have this weird strategy when it comes to fantasy i don't like to have to make decisions in my league so i will like literally leave guys on like ir spots and bench spots so i physically can't you know have a decision between like running back two versus running back three this year I failed miserably in that strategy. I had some decent depth. <laughs> I had a late season run, but I, you know, I, I might have won the championship, but I didn't sit there and just stress over, you know, who I was going to start as my flex or my wide receiver. I think I made the wrong decision like every single time down the stretch and it came back to bite me yeah. in the playoffs. I know I did that in fantasy a lot this year. So I'm glad it wasn't just me who seemed to make the wrong choice every week, especially in that flex spot. It's so frustrating. Yeah. And, you know, with quarterback, I had Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow all season. I drafted both of them. And I can't tell you how many times I was the wrong end of that coin, like all through <laughs> oh the year. God. God, there was one Burrow had like four points and Rodgers had like 44. I think it was the game against the Lions. I sat him on the bench. Yeah. 
to just completely ruin my season. Yep. And yeah, you'll be back next year to play. Oh yeah. We're in this league for, for life. I mean, I guess I can't be too mad because I did win like my last six straight regular season games and you went did, to the yeah. playoffs, but you know, well, I, I like, I went into the playoffs as the number one uh, seed, but I kind of viewed my team as fraudulent the whole time. And then in my first <laughs> playoff matchup, good old Chris feast, our friend uh, who always seems like he's not paying attention, but won the <laughs> league this year, he beat me down and uh, waltzed his way to the title. So you know, that's, you know, I think that's just fantasy sports in a nutshell, really. Yeah. And we were all very happy for Chris. You know, Chris, we don't hear from him all season on the group chat. He doesn't say a single word. And he just right. sits there and plots along. <laughs> I mean, and he just, and he stops in all of our graves on week 18. It was just brutal. He's also the guy who in the auction draft, you think you have someone locked in because no one's bid for 10 seconds. And then he always bids at the last second and just restarts the clock. And you're like, come on feast. I needed that $21 buy, not $26. Yeah, exactly. He'll sit there for the first hour, not make a single bid. And then you look over there as you're trying to like fill your roster and he's got like 250 bucks to play with. And he just outbids everybody for the, for the bottom tier guys. Uh, very lame. Anyway, fantasy sports, full season fantasy will be back next year. But uh, anyway, we will talk now again. Super wild card weekend just happened. Let's see the first game of the weekend and the last game of the weekend weren't very good, but the games in, in the middle were all pretty good. I think the best place to start is Jags Chargers. I don't know about you, but that game was bonkers. I just don't even know how to describe it aside from just like straight madness. It was actually unbelievable to watch happen in real time. I don't know if you watch the broadcast over for if you had sound, but it felt like Al Michaels was asleep at the oh wheel the entire game. All the drama, all the suspense, and he was just sitting there like it was Texans Jags on Thursday Night Football Week One. I mean, it was like this is so gripping and so much drama, but I just don't think the broadcast came through. So I thought it was interesting because Al Michaels obviously was with NBC last year. He left to go join Amazon to do mm -hmm. their Thursday Night Football, and NBC still has Mike Tirico, who obviously is a seasoned hand doing their their number one game. And like Tony Dungy is not a great color guy in a booth. And I was watching the game with sound and also a lot of people on Twitter were saying this, but when the Jags scored that touchdown late or even the, the field goal to win, he was just like, and the Jaguars win. And you're like, you know, they just came back from 27, nothing. The greatest comeback in playoff NFL history. Yeah. I think uh, the, the bills once came back on the Colts from like 30 something down in the playoffs, but uh, well, but still, uh, I, they were down 27 nothing in the first half. So that's incredible. Yeah, the Chargers uh, are very confusing. I just don't understand. Like, I, you know, a year ago, I had Herbert. I thought he was going to elevate into like the the Josh Allen and the Patrick Mahomes level yeah. quarterback. And he's good. It's just they're they're confusing to me. I don't have the words to describe it, but I just don't get why they're so mediocre sometimes. The crazy thing about the Chargers in that way is that it feels like that's their franchise identity. Remember those years with Marty Schottenheimer where they'd be like 15 and one or 14 and two and then lose in the divisional round or even like under Norv Turner, they do the same with Phillip Rivers. They had these great teams and then they make the playoffs and they, did they even make AFC championship games? I don't even think they did. They just kept losing the divisional round. And it no, just seems like point. it doesn't matter the personnel or the coach or whatever. There's just this like stench that hangs over, which maybe immediately disproving my own point you have the jaguars who obviously were clearly very stinky last year which um you know just proves that urban myers whatever uh and then this year if the if the jaguars were not wearing jaguars colors and weren't called the jaguars i feel like more people would take them seriously as like a potential threat to run to the super bowl but everyone's always going to be a little oh do i trust the jaguars or the jaguars yeah, I mean, it's it's a very, very valid point. I'm a huge believer in that kind of stuff. But then I'm like looking here, I'm looking down at the 
<clears throat> at the box scores. And it's like, okay, do we remember who went to the Super Bowl last year? The Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, you could almost throw them in the same category. Yeah. yeah. And at the time I did, I was like, wait a second, the Bengals in the Super Bowl, that just doesn't register with my brain. It makes no sense. No, I completely agree. And it's probably why me and all my buddies just all were live betting the Buccaneers versus the Cowboys because we all just like Tom Brady he's going to figure this out and he's going to come back and we all got smoked. Yeah, that's tough for you. I, I will just say that I was in a, another group chat where people were live betting that as well to at least close it to like 16 and a half or 17 and a half or whatever it was at halftime. But uh but yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where it's just like you you have faith in this person and then one day they just don't have it. But Tom Brady's been, he's had that for like 10 years where people are like, no, this is the end. Okay, no, this is the end. This is the end. Maybe this is actually the end, but we'll we'll get to that later. Yeah. We'll, we'll tease that later. But um, but yeah, so the Jaguars, uh, who knows with them? They, they're, I think they're kind of playing with house money and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he threw four interceptions, but then he threw four touchdowns. So, you know, who really knows with him? He's exciting. He's unbelievable. Fun. Yeah. Did he throw four in the first quarter or just the first half? He might have thrown three in the first quarter, but he threw four in the first half. He threw, I, I think I saw it somewhere. He, he went interception, 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 touchdown, 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 touchdown. So it's like he was playing Madden as a kid and then turned the difficulty down once he had thrown those four picks. He's like, no, this is not fun. I'm going to go with something easier. God, it's unbelievable. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm looking at matchups next week. I kind of love the Jaguars at plus eight and a half. There we go. We'll throw that in maybe to the bet of the week at the end. The other things, the Jaguars insane comeback. That was crazy. Quick question. Are the 49ers... I know everyone loves the Chiefs. The Bills looked a little shaky. Who knows about the Eagles? Are the 49ers like the team to beat? Uh, they look pretty... I mean, granted, as a, a mutual friend of ours, Zach, who's also in our league, is a big Seahawks fan. And I was testing him during the game and he was like, yeah, we're just overmatched at every position. And then they were winning in the second quarter right before halftime or at halftime. And then that was it. Are the 49ers like a juggernaut? Is Kyle Shanahan a genius? Is Brock Purdy for real? I have no idea. Would it shock you at all if the 49ers wind up in the Super Bowl? No. Yeah, and that's your answer. Yeah. They are so dynamic on offense. Or they're only going to go as far as Brock Purdy can take them. And we, we all are sitting here, you know, it's, it's like you're going to watch a car accident live. Like, you just can't think that he can keep delivering week in and week out. But, like, with Debo and Christian McCaffrey and how good their defense is, they don't need him to do much of anything. Like, yeah. with how dynamic they use him in the running game. They have Debo coming as, like, a running back and then swing McCaffrey out wide. I mean, they just, they're so dynamic. They beat you in so many different ways. That they just need to keep Birdie with the blinders on and just keep him just as the game manager, as the cliche says. Yeah. Basically, just don't make mistakes, essentially, right? right. Like, and we, you, yeah, you don't give the ball they, away. Yeah. He was, he never put them in danger. He was able to, you know, throw it out of bounds when the, you know, the pocket collapsed on him. And I just was so impressed. You know, they talk about the, the, you know, does the guy have it between the ears? Like, I don't think anything phases Brock Purdy. He's like, I'm playing with house money. I've probably just yeah. in these last like five games just, guaranteed myself an entire NFL career in some capacity. Like yep. he's, he's just, he, I'm, I'm very impressed with his demeanor and his poise when he's on the field. Yeah, it is. It is impressive. I mean, I think I agree with you. I also think there's some arguments you made that like considering all the weapons that they have, like Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, McCaffrey, their other stable of running backs kind of just proves looking at the quarterbacks they've had and how successful they've been under Kyle Shanahan that it's clearly those guys in the system he has it. But Purdy is doing what he is required to do quite well. We will see as it goes on. This is like the Tom Brady thing in reverse. Like everyone keeps expecting Purdy to fail because he's, you know, Mr. Relevant or whatever, but he hasn't thus far. Um, 
Maybe he will, but and and also factor in how good the 49ers defense is. Their defense is clearly the best of any team remaining in the playoffs. And so that's another factor where it's like, we don't even need you to score a lot of points because we're not going to give up a lot of points anyway. Nick Bosa is so impressive. Is he up for, is he a free agent after this year? Is he about to sign like the biggest defensive contract in history? No, I think Nick Bosa has one more year. He's going to get $40 yeah, million free- a year. Free agency 2024. In 2023, Bosa will earn a base salary of about 18 million. And he's going to make a lot more than that in free agency. So good for him. He's only 25. Yeah. I mean, but to your point, I mean, he is so, you can just tell two seconds watching that guy how elite he is in the football field. I mean, he just, he takes over quarters at a time where they just can't do anything on offense. And he is back in that backfield, just causing all kinds of mayhem. I mean, they're probably the team you feel the most confident in all around, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Just complete every phase of the game. So moving on from that, another team that people at least midway through the season were feeling super confident in, but it tailed off a little at the end is the Bills who were playing a third string quarterback for the Dolphins at home. And that game was probably closer. I was texting a former coworker of mine who's a huge Bills fan, and he was terrified throughout that game. I don't know how much confidence the Bills fandom, the Bills mafia has in the Bills right now. I mean, Josh Allen is clearly good, but he's struggled a bit towards the end of the season. We've had these games with the Chiefs over the last couple of years, these playoff games that have just been incredible. Do you feel like the Chiefs surpass them this year that you consider them clear favorites? Or do you still think the Bills are on the level with the Chiefs and can match them point for point? Or is Josh Allen a little shaky right now? I mean, Josh Allen's the X factor for me. Obviously, the guy is at the top of the sport, right? Nobody's going to argue that. But when lights get hot and the game is in crunch time, we've seen it. Obviously, last year, I'd say the Chiefs game was sort of a bit of a you know an outlier because that game was just ridiculous down the stretch. And obviously, Josh Allen was really good. But to me, you the exact opposite look is when I look over Brock Purdy and it seems like he's just cool, calm, and collected. I still see deer in the headlights looks from Josh Allen. And at some point, he's going to get over that. But until I see it happen, that's what I'm going to think. Someone put together a supercut of Allen from the game against the Dolphins, who, let's be honest, do not have that great a defense. And he was making plays that looked like if I were out there, like running around, <laughs> no idea what I was doing. So there's something to be said for that, that Josh Allen obviously is a freak athlete. He can run, he can throw, he makes plays with his legs all the time. But it looked like he was kind of a rookie, not clear what he was doing. And he was running into trouble, running into sacks, running into bad incompletions and throws. Was he kind of panicking? Tony Romo was talking on commentary during the game. He was like, they need to go over and just take a deep breath and come out and just be like, yo, let's break things down, make things a little bit simpler. And that's kind of what they did in the second half of the game, but also the Dolphins didn't know how to manage the clock or call plays. But still, aside from that, getting a delay of game on fourth and one when it's your, with no timeouts, when it's your last possession and you might lose is pretty bad. Good question. It's the Josh Allen. Like he's he leads the way. If he can harness that and exhibit a bit more calmness, I think they're in a good position and we could see another classic. But if not, they could go down, which would be sad for Bill's Mafia. <clears throat> no, and it's Skyler Thompson had a rough game, but I, I feel you can't really assign much blame to him. I mean, the guy was a oh, third no. quarterback all year. He hasn't yeah. played. But I mean, Teddy Bridgewater plays that game. Do you think that I think the Dolphins probably pull it off and win? They might. Teddy's always been like a solid guy. I think that's probably true. So I mean, if Tua plays, it's going to be way different, but they they broke him this year. So I think the Bills got lucky in a lot of ways. So next we have something near and dear to my heart, which is the New York football Giants uh, beating the Bills on the road. I'm super jazzed about this. And I will say I was watching with some friends and they were like, are you nervous? And I said, no. 
This whole year has been a gift of completely unexpected positive performance. I didn't expect them to win to be over 500, much less make the playoffs. So I'm kind of in this for house money. Like, let's just see what happens. Of course, if you had looked at my face in the last five minutes of the game, it didn't look like someone who was calm and cool and collected and not caring about the outcome. But that's what sports do. But listen, the Giants, they're playing the Eagles. They played them pretty tough with their subs in week 18. And when the Eagles were trying to win, the Giants didn't play any of their good players, basically. So I'm not going to say that I'm expecting the Giants to win, but I'm feeling pretty good. They look good on they look good on, on Sunday. I got to be honest. I was impressed. I, I was very impressed with your quarterback. I mean, it, it kind of yeah, it, they go as he goes, right? I mean, yeah. they're dangerous. I mean, I don't know if you've got vibes of 2000, what was it, 18? So that was 2007 season, 2008 Super Bowl. Do you have similar vibes? Is this defense good enough? Can they take you all the way? So the big thing about that team was the whole like four down linemen able to create pressure without blitzing. And that was a big reason why they were able to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And Eli Manning was kind of like we were talking about with Brock Purdy, like just don't make mistakes. Right. Like don't give teams short fields and whatnot. There is and and naturally anytime since those two Super Bowls happen, anytime the Giants teams reach the playoff, it's like, well, do they look like that team? There is something to be said because Kayvon Thibodeau is incredible as a rookie. Dexter Lawrence is incredible as an interior defensive lineman. I saw a stat where it was like pressures from nose tackles, like up the middle or something. And he has 24 on the season and the second place person has nine. So there, there is certainly something to be said for their defensive line able to cause problems. They locked down Justin Jefferson on Sunday in the first meeting on Christmas Eve. He went nuts for like 13 for 140 or something like that. He had two catches after their first drive. So they locked him down. And if Daniel Jones keeps using his legs, not making mistakes, they're using Saquon in the right ways. You know, let's dare to dream, baby. Dare yeah. to dream. That's what I say. Absolutely. And who'd you guys draw uh, this weekend? Let's see. You, oh, Eagles. Eagles. I mean, divisional game. That game is going to be close. Divisional game. Yeah, that game's going to be close. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. This is dangerous as a Giants fan, feeling cautiously optimistic. That's normally when they when they burn you. But again, I still feel like like you were saying about Brock Purdy playing with house money as a Giants fan, this is house money for me because I didn't expect much. We're still figuring out, you know, the whole year was basically like, is Daniel Jones the guy considering his contract situation? It's possible he is. They finally got a coach who knows what he's doing. And here we are. Magical. Who knew? And Hurts officially back, I'm assuming. Yeah, Hurts is back. But he was back in week 18 against the Giants. Oh, that's right. They didn't bring him back. I'm sorry. Yeah, but but so we'll see. The same thing with Josh Allen building up this head of steam over the course of the season and then the last couple weeks tailing off a little bit. Jalen Hurts a little. I know he was hurt and neck injuries are tough, but like he tailed off a little. So we will see. There's plenty of history over the last 20 years of teams getting that first round by and coming out super flat in that divisional game when a team has to play through the week before. So we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm so, proud of the giants. It was, it was fun to watch. No, you should be proud. You should also be very proud of uh, one of our mutual friends, Hunter King, who had an absolutely unbelievable gambling day that day. And I'll show it up <laughs> on the screen. I don't know if you can see that, Wow! but I will explain wow. to you that Hunter won close to $5,000 on the Giants in that game on Saturday. Wow. Props to Hunter. You're going to have to send him this link. Hunter's a very uh, understated guy who doesn't like attention. So he will be very grateful that we talked about him on this podcast, but that's incredible. Good for him. I'm glad Hunter won money on my Giants. This is great.
This is perfect. Yep. Love it. I'm sure he lost it all on well, Monday night, but it went well, well we for him on, on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So the last two games, we had the Bengals who benefited from some terrible play calling that J.K. Dobbins of the Ravens, he went out and just said it was terrible play calling and then getting that 14-point swing, basically. But they've been playing well for a while and I wouldn't bet against Joe Burrow right now. They look good. I know they just barely beat the Ravens, but that was a divisional matchup. Those are always tough. They still look good. They found a way to win. I saw the fumble happen live and I've seen it being coined as the fumble in the jungle, which was great. And I literally just sat there and stood at my TV with a blank stare on my face. Like I literally Correct. couldn't believe what I just watched. It's the classic example of just finding a way to survive and move on. And if you give Joe Burrow another chance to win a game, he's going to be right there at the end. So impressed with him, but we'll see. I am very excited of that game just to see what type of, uh, you know, what Bengals team shows up. That's going to be fun to watch. I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. So yeah, I mean, I'm so excited for all these games, but I think you got to kind of circle that one. I mean, it's... Yeah, for sure. The last game of the week was Monday night, Super Wild Card Weekend. And the big question for me out of that game is I know Dallas took it to him, but let's be honest, the Bucs were pretty bad all season. That game looked like some other Bucks games that I watched during the season because they seem to be in prime time every week. The big question for me is Dallas trustworthy. Are they for real? I don't know. The answer is we don't know. I mean, they've been so Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde at times. We've seen Dak be the worst quarterback in the world. And then he shows up on Monday night and he was fantastic, right? I mean, that's just what you get with him. Give him all the credit in the world when he earns it. And he's the first guy to get criticized when he doesn't have it. I mean, we've been watching Tom Brady the last five years. The guy, is he 44, 45 years old? I mean, he's been in his 40s for like four or five years. He won a Super Bowl over the age of 40. The arm strength is clearly still there. We see the zip on it every single day. This isn't like a Peyton Manning situation where Peyton Manning literally didn't have a, a right shoulder by the end of his career. You can say that on the podcast when Ben isn't here, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I, and I will. I'll say it to his face multiple times. Enough with that. Down with that noise. Stupid. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's a great question because you're right. The arm strength is there, but then you watch the game and some of the throws he makes where he's just like skipping it into people. Again, it looks like me out there just panicking and second guessing himself and not wanting to throw picks or throwing it into the ground. I don't know. It is Was it really Bruce Arians? There are questions about Todd Bowles' ability as a head coach, but it's still the same offensive coordinator. It was a weird season for me to look at the Bucks and see them struggle like this. It didn't really make sense considering physically it seemed as though Tom Brady was fine, but we know all the things going on mentally. I don't know. He's not a robot, despite the fact that he looks like one sometimes and acts like one. But <laughs> like if I lost hundreds of millions of dollars to Sam Bankman Freed, that might affect my performance too. But it was weird to watch because you're right. The physical tools are still are there. It's just like the execution the whole season was off. Yeah, there's nothing tangible we can like point to directly, right? I mean, it's just, it's very confusing. You know, I think Brady will be back next year. I don't think there's any reason. Thank you, Wilson. He just got divorced for the right to play football and all those things. I mean, I think <laughs> somebody's going to take a chance on him, whether it's in Tampa, I don't know. I don't see any reason for him to leave. You know, it's not like the Bucks are the first overall pick and are going to take TJ Stroud or something. It would probably be wise to bring Brady back, but it's, you know, does he want to come back? Yeah, it's a great question. And for Dallas, they're playing the 49ers who we talked up earlier. I think that's going to be an interesting game. The game's in San Francisco, which gives the 49ers an advantage, but Dallas is one of those teams where you might not trust them, but I don't know how badly you want to play them. But I do think Dallas got a raw deal because I think the 49ers are the worst matchup for them. So we'll see. It's going to be certainly going to be interesting, especially like Brock Purdy against the ball hawking defense like Dallas, who gets a lot of turnovers. We'll see if he can keep the ball safe. Take a guess. What do you think the line is in that game? Don't look it up. Just take a stab at it. Uh, I would say 49ers minus five. Minus four. That seems right. That seems seems right. right. 
for the playoffs yeah. and the divisional round, like I think that's generally the, the standard. Yeah. There we go. Break down a super wild card weekend. It was a lot of fun. And like you said, these four games this weekend, I think they're all going to be fun. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. NFL divisional round is usually, I think, the best round of games. It's going to be a great time. We would like to touch on something that we've talked about a lot over the last several weeks, which is the Jabberwocky bet Ben's parlay that is previously uh, that has been undefeated where he picks four favorites, money line favorites, combines them into a parlay. It's not going to make you rich, but he has been, I don't know, like nine and zero with it, which he likes to mention as he should. It was great, but Ben's not here to talk about it, but I can tell you that the Jabberwocky experience, it's first defeat since it came into being this weekend. Ben picked the 49ers, Bills, Bengals, and Vikings. So he went three for four, but it was my Giants that took down the Jabberwocky. I'm happy that the Giants won, but you know I'm not that psyched to see Ben lose money. Been there, done that. Now I'm poor. You know we don't want that. Only when we take it from him on the golf course, right? Because then that's that's a, that's a fair fight. My power is the ability to send small light balls 300 yards into people's windows. Credit to Ben, <laughs> winning eight weeks in a row, an admirable. That's pretty good. But we know sports gambling is it's not going to last forever, or we'd all be rich. Yeah, that's true. You know I've been watching the. Um, there's a Bernie Madoff special on Netflix and they talk about how people criticize and where he just always showed positive returns, even when the market went down. And as they were all like, that's baloney. And it turned out it obviously was baloney gambling. You're never going to not have negative returns. It's just about maximizing your positive outcomes. And the Jabberwocky, I think is a pretty solid bet. Although as the season gets down to the playoffs and teams get a little bit more evenly matched, I think it becomes difficult. And Ben has said that you can't really do the Jabberwocky with any confidence until like week six or seven of the NFL season, when you know which teams are legitimately good so we will see we'll have them put it out on twitter we might talk about it at the end the 49ers are minus four their money line favorites i'd probably pick them again it's just hard to pick against them right now and maybe the chiefs and then probably the eagles and the chiefs eagles buffalo and the 49ers and i think he's probably gonna have to dodge the giants again that would be the one i would be the most nervous about this is gonna mean ben builds up a serious antagonism towards the giants i think over time so we'll have to watch that we'll watch that space that's um, all ben needs it's just something else to be angry about i blacked out in rage and anger <laughs> <laughs> yeah he comes by it honestly there we have it we also want to get into one of our normal segments which is olds v youngs during the regular season when people were picking fantasy teams and you had the whole complement of players from across the league for active players obviously it's compressed a little bit in the playoffs when you only have players from the playoff teams. But Willie and I did two teams this weekend. Willie ended up on top by nine points. So congratulations on your win, Willie. But thank we you, did still have some old versus youngs. And naturally, because we're picking youngs who are on good teams who score a lot of points because we're in the playoffs, the top four performers this week were all young players. Josh Allen topped it with 30 points. We had Jamar Chase, Christian Kirk, and uh, Zay Jones. And then our olds who performed well, there were really only two who had a positive Delta, and that was Le'Veon Bell and my boy Victor Cruz, who might make an appearance in a segment we're going to do a little later. But that's what I went with, Willie. We both kind of went with balanced picks, right? Like half active, half historical players to kind of mix it up because it's more fun that way. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I wanted a big game from Antonio Gates. I wanted one of his monster two, three touchdown days. Certainly didn't get that. Seeing Le'Veon Bell show up again was was very nice. I was worried about that. Is he retired? Is he... (laughs) 
That's a great question. What happened to him? (laughs) I don't know. It just fell off the face of the earth. He sat out that year. He did a holdout with the Steelers. And then he went to the Jets. And then he was bad. And then that was basically it. He was so good. He was so good. And now he's doing MMA, isn't he? Or something weird, right? So he was born February 18th, 1992. So he's 30 years old. About to turn 31. Yeah. 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 He was. And he's just no longer in the league. Yeah. It says he's a free agent. That's incredible. So he sat out 2018. In 2017, he led the league in rush attempts. He had nine touchdowns rushing. He had two receiving. He scored 11 touchdowns. He was a pro bowler. He was an all pro. Then he had that contract thing. Then he came back, went to the Jets and not great. The next year he was with the Jets in Kansas City. The next year he was with Tampa Bay and Baltimore. I know tons of people who picked him up off waivers in fantasy because you're like, oh, Le'Veon Bell for the Ravens. This is going to happen. That was last season at the age of 29. And that was it. I think the way that the league churns through running backs. It's it's, unbelievable. If you have Le'Veon on Bell, you're like, yeah, he was once good, but I'd rather take a flyer on a hungry young guy who's not broken, basically, until we break him, which is kind of depressing. But this week in, in Encore, one of the reasons why you won is Le'Veon got 21 points. He had three receptions for 54 yards and 127 rushing yards. No touchdowns, but still a solid day for Le'Veon. My top historical player was Victor Cruz, my boy who was part of the Giants' second Super Bowl run in the last 15 years. Victor had three catches for 66 yards, but a touchdown. And that's how you get 16 points. He had a delta of 2.69. I mean, Victor Cruz for a projected total of 12.9 points. That's not terrible. Victor Cruz caught a lot of balls in our system where you're drafting with a budget. 13 point projection for one of your starting wide receivers. That's pretty solid. Yeah. And you got to love having Jamar Chase. I mean, it's one of those guys you can just set your watch to and you know he's going to perform. I mean, I would love to know, and I'm sure this is impossible, of all the fantasy winners that were out there in the world this year, what percent of them had Jamar Chase? I want to say over 50%. So I had Jamar Chase on several of my teams and I didn't win any. It wasn't me or people in my league because I was holding on to him. The problem was he was hurt in the middle there around Thanksgiving. So he missed some time. But when he did play, he performed this week. He had nine catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. Joe Burrow is so accurate. He doesn't have great arm strength necessarily, but he's going to target Jamar Chase 12, 13 times a game. And Jamar Chase is going to catch six, seven, eight balls. That's a pretty good floor. Was he college teammates with Justin Jefferson too? Were they on the same team? I'm pretty sure they were on the same team. How did they ever lose a game? Well, they did win a national title together. So that one year (laughs) they they didn't. didn't. I don't think Justin Jefferson was on that team, but um, that's a great, that's a great question. That's like Alex Smith and Reggie Bush were on the same high school team. So imagine rolling to play them and you're like, well, why don't we just leave? There's no sense getting embarrassed here. It wasn't like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf on the same Ole Miss team and they went like six and five or something. Well, that just shows you that quarterback play is kind of important. Yeah, Yeah, just slightly. (laughs) That's, That's crazy. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, we we had some underperformers this week. Like you said, Antonio Gates had a negative delta. Melvin Gordon had a very large negative delta. I picked Dallas Clark in the hopes that I'd get him and Peyton Manning syncing up for 10 catches or whatever. That didn't work out. I went with Cam Newton. That didn't work out. And I went with Ricky Waters. Ben and I talked about this on the last podcast. Ricky has been an excellent performer through most of the encore season. But this week was a little disappointing. He had four catches for 27 yards and 14 rushing yards. Not great from our boy Ricky, but that's okay. He's still been pretty solid. So it was a smaller population, but this week it was Young's coming on top of the Olds. We've kind of seen this oscillate back and forth over the whole season, really. So this week was kind of encore fantasy football in a nutshell. 
Hi, everyone. Willie unfortunately had to leave. He had a work call that he could not get over. So I will take us home to the end here. A quick finish. What Willie and I were going to do for this week's competition in the Encore Fantasy Football Pool is we were going to draft legendary Giants uh, and legendary Rams to fill out our roster. If you followed the Rams of the late 90s, early 2000s at all, it's going to be no surprise who Willie chooses um, for his uh, his roster. So Willie has gone with at quarterback. Uh, he's going to do four Rams historical players. I'll do four Giants historical players, and then we'll each do four active players of the eight teams left. Um, so Willie naturally went with Kurt Warner, Torrey Holt, Marshall Falk, and Isaac Bruce. Again, not crazy selections. I think anyone who knew he'd be picking from the Rams knew that's what he would be going with. Uh, I suppose you could have gone with ED with Eric Dickerson, uh, but Willie was really focused on, on I think, his childhood. For me, one of the people I picked last week, I'm going to go with again. That's Victor Cruz for quarterback. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do a, a an audible throw a wrinkle in this for my quarterback. I'm going to make it Daniel Jones. He's going to be one of my active players and Tiki Barber because the guy put up a lot of points when he wasn't fumbling. And my other player is going to be Jeremy Shockey, who I threw in earlier this year. Love Jeremy Shockey. Those are my four legendary giants. We will check back in after the championship round to see how we did. But essentially, the great thing about Encore Fantasy Games is, well, you can play fantasy football, daily fantasy every week. Even if you can't choose from any active players, we have the whole set of historical players that you can choose from. That's what Willie and I are going to go with. And our last bit, uh, Willie and I were going to do a Tom Brady futures bet. Normally, Ben and I each provide a bet. We talked about Ben's Jabberwocky. I can't speak for whether or not Ben is going to do the Jabberwocky this week. Because as we also mentioned, it's going to be a bit harder as the season goes on and you have divisional round teams are a bit more evenly matched. There isn't quite an obvious favorite. For example, if we look at the lines for this weekend, the Chiefs are currently eight and a half point favorites over the Jaguars and the Eagles are seven and a half point favorites over the Giants. Sunday, it's a little bit narrower. The Bills are five point favorites over the Bengals and the 49ers three and a half point favorites over the Cowboys. So the first two games are a bit more like the regular season games where if you're building out the Jabberwocky, you go with it, you go Chiefs. You go Eagles. That's your plan right there. The games on Sunday, a bit narrower. But if you're committed to the Jabberwock, you're committed to picking favorites. That's Bills. That's 49ers. So that's what the Jabberwock would look like this week. But Willie and I were going outside the box after our conversation about Tom Brady. And basically, we kind of look at where is Tom Brady going to play football next year? I think a lot of people think he's going to be away from the Buccaneers. Uh, Willie is not here to throw out his ideas. I got to be honest. This sounds Maybe it sounds crazy. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't sound crazy. But I think Tom Brady is going to be playing in Las Vegas next year. Las Vegas or Miami, which I know that the Dolphins were kind of committed to Tua, so committed to him that uh, he had a few injury problems. But I think Tom Brady's going to be either in one of those two places. I, I don't think that he's going to be in Tampa Bay. I think he was in Tampa Bay because he really liked Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich. And I think there's a chance Byron Leftwich gets a head coaching job somewhere this offseason. He's probably due. And I don't know how much Tom Brady likes Todd Bowles. I don't know how much anybody likes Todd Bowles. So that's my bet for this week. Throw some money down on Tom Brady being in either Miami or Las Vegas. But as Ben and I like to throw out, and as Willie would also throw out if he were still here, we are not betting experts. We are just throwing out ideas. We are a bunch of morons with a podcast. So this is just what we're putting some of our money on. Uh, be smart, gamble responsibly, all that. Don't don't necessarily take our picks too seriously. So that is Encore Fantasy Podcast 
for the week. We miss Ben. He is in Spain, hopefully enjoying himself. I will thank Willie, our fellow co-founder, for joining us this week for the first time. I know he had a blast. I'm sure he'll come back again, especially when we go into March Madness because the Pick 22 pool, which is exclusive to Encore Fantasy Games, that is Willie's creation. And it's really fun. So we will have him talk about it, give some predictions as we get a little closer to March Madness. Who doesn't love March Madness? And Ben and I will be back a little further along in the NFL playoffs to go over what happened, to go over what our picks look like, to see what Encore Fantasy Football looks like. But once again, thank you so much for joining us. Remember to follow us on our socials on Twitter at Encore Fantasy and on Instagram at Encore Fantasy Games. And remember, even though most fantasy football is over, Encore Fantasy Games is not over. You can still play. So get in there, go to EncoreFan.com, get into one of the playoff pools, have a blast, invite your friends. It's a really good time. It's really fun. Thank you for listening. That is it for us for this week. We will see you in a couple of weeks. Ben will be back from Europe. We will talk more NFL playoffs. Thank you again for listening. Importantly, go Giants. See you next time. Thanks, Ben. I don't really care anymore. Thanks for both dead to me. a robot despite the fact that he looks like one sometimes and acts like one it's very confusing that's baloney you're a bunch of morons with a podcast take a stab at it